Welcome to the Black Contractors Network Podcast, where we'll be discussing hot topics around construction, being a general contractor, how to get started, and everything in between. And everything in between. Your host has over 20 years plus of construction experience. Here he is, Richard W. Johnson. Made in the U.S. of A. Welcome to the Black Contractors Network. On today's episode, we will be discussing, is America a racist country? Hell yeah, I suck toes. Yes, the answer is a fucking yes. I challenge anyone to show me in history from the past to the present to prove me wrong. Everybody knows my favorite senator from South Carolina, Republican senator. Woody licking human centipede Tim Scott. Shock absolutely no one when, in response to President Joe Biden's congressional address, He stated that America is not a racist country. He admitted that he himself had experienced the pain of discrimination and noted, I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason to be followed around the store while I'm shopping. When asked on ABC's Good Morning America, Is this nigga serious? When a person critiques America for the racism that is deeply embedded in our social institutions, some feel they are being personally attacked. This is because deep down they realize that they benefit from unearned assets associated with whiteness. Scott, Harris, and Biden recognize this and try to balance these varying perspectives as they worry about voters nationally and in a state like South Carolina. It is almost as if simply saying America is not racist, but then turning the other cheek and saying it is racist in subtler terms and that racist things have been done to you makes it okay. It is confusing to Americans and the international community. To supporters, these comments are disappointing. To others, they were shocking. For me, the cognitive dissonance of some of our elected leaders is unacceptable. There is an oversimplification of racism in America because as sociologist Eduardo Benilla Silva notes, there can be systemic racism without racists. Recently across America, only in red states, parents at city council meetings, school board meetings had meltdowns when trying to explain why they does not want critical race theory taught in children's school, which is only taught in law school. Don't get me going. For a deeper dive on critical race theory, people should read the work of sociologists Victor Ray and Ted Thorniel, who lay out why these people thinking and perspective is problematic. These stories acknowledge that life is different if you are black, and unfortunately systemic racism seems to ripple through our social institutions and into our daily social interactions, whether in Congress or at a pizza shop down the street from the Capitol. These types of experiences, racialized cuts and hurdles, have a cumulative effect on health. Sociologists Pam Jackson and Jason Cummings research documents that middle-class blacks have worse health profiles than working-class whites. They attribute this difference to the daily racialized trauma experience in predominantly white environments like work and neighborhood settings. Systemically, we know that black people compared to whites are more likely to attend schools with less funding per student less likely to obtain a job because of our black sounding name or even when attending an Ivy League university, less likely to obtain a home loan, have their homes appraised for equitable value, more likely to experience pregnancy complications and maternal mortality, and more likely to have contact with police and the criminal justice system. Systemic racism inhibits people's ability to actualize all aspects of the American dream. This occurs even for highly educated black people with high incomes and no criminal record. In fact, research documents that white people with a criminal record are more likely to get called back for a job than black people without one. They played us like a damn fiddle! Research documents that hard work, intellect, or criminality do not explain these outcomes. Instead, it is the racism embedded deeply within our social institutions, policies, 
rules, regulations, and laws that segment people's experiences along racial lines. It is the same for gender. Women can achieve but have a much harder time doing so. If not, America would have had a woman vice president and speaker of the house sitting behind the president long before 2021. What people do not seem to realize is that being upwardly mobile does not negate encountering racist hurdles on the pathway to success. Our current system is set up for some people to have to jump over hurdles to succeed, while others get to simply run to the finish line without those same racial hurdles. Rather, it is about whether the pathways to success are equitable. This is what America says it is an equitable democracy. People are pushing for America to reach its true ideals, and the only way this can properly occur is acknowledging the systemic barriers that prevent us from getting there. Meanwhile, it is not that racial progress has not been made. It is that the United States has yet to make enough progress. In this regard, comments of our top elected officials are disappointing, yet predictable. Black people who succeed often walk on pin and needles because they realize that their success and more so maintaining it, is precarious. As a result, some black people aim to make white people feel comfortable. Many of us are mostly socialized to do so. It is often a survival strategy for our lives during police encounters or economic survival in boardrooms. Some of us who succeed may experience survivor's remorse because we are some of the few to make it. We actually embody the American dream and become the in-person example to people who do not want to admit that systemic racism exists. We may even convince ourselves that racism is more prominent on the individual level than the institutional level. We simultaneously represent racial progress but are also most likely to be subjugated to racial discrimination because of the predominantly white spaces we are embedded within. We experience a chronic form of double consciousness and admitting as such can often lead us to being conscious of the slow death we often experience through the cumulative racist cuts and hurdles we encounter. The American dream being achievable for a few does not absolve the system and an imperfect union even when some of those successful people try to rationalize systemic racism away. In most instances, when black parents worry about their straighted students' traffic encounters with the police more than they do a potential accident, this is because of experiences with racism. When a black couple is about to have a baby and has to think consciously about what hospital to deliver in so they can obtain equitable care, this is racism. When a black parent worries about their child attending a prestigious university outside of an urban area, this is often because of the racism they worry about them encountering driving to the school and even once physically on the campus of the school. And even more urban universities are not absolved from racism. Systemic racism is not simply a thing of the past. It is up close and personal in the present. Racism may be no more transparent in an institution with the least representative racial progress like the Senate. There have only been 11 black senators in roughly 232 years. Clearly, the Senate is the exact space we need people with the courage to say the blunt, honest truth about our nation's past and present. Only then can we actualize a future where systemic racism does not exist. It is imperative for a truth, reconciliation, and reparative process to commence. This starts with atoning for the enslavement of millions of Africans whose descendants continuously fall systemically behind. Whether they end up being the lone black Republican senator or a black police officer who might have the power to pull him over. We must have the courage to speak truth to power in one of the places it starts is in Congress. If not now, then when? Historically, however, there is no question that the country was founded by racists and white supremacists 
and that much of the early wealth of this country was built on the backs of enslaved Africans, and much of the early expansion came at the expense of the massacre of the land, indigenous people, and broken treaties with them. Eight of the first ten presidents personally enslaved Africans. In 1856, the Chief Justice of the United States wrote in the infamous ruling on the Dred Scott case that black people had for more than a century before been regarded as beings of an inferior order and altogether unfit to associate with the white race, either in social or political relations, and so far inferior, that they had no rights which the white man was bound to respect. The country went on to fight a civil war over whether some states could maintain slavery as they wished. Even some of the people arguing for, and fighting for, an end to slavery had expressed their white supremacist beliefs. Racism is the belief that a particular race is inferior or superior to another and that a person's biological characteristics predetermine his or her moral or social traits. Those who hold racist beliefs can see other races as less worthy and in extreme cases even subhuman. Racism can have many different forms and manifest itself in many different ways, typically influenced by various cultural, religious, economic, or historical factors. Racism throughout history. Racism has existed throughout human history. Racism has influenced wars, slavery, legal codes, the rise and fall of nations, and perhaps most importantly the daily lives of untold millions, arguably billions, of people. Racism displayed by Western powers towards non-Westerners in the 20th century has particularly impacted history, most notoriously in the forced enslavement of millions of Africans. In the United States, slavery was the primary cause for the Civil War. Moreover, racism continues to reverberate in the modern U.S., and events such as the growth of the Black Lives Matter movement and the 2020-21 protests over the killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Measuring the racial tolerance of a country is difficult to do accurately. Racism is not a simple number, such as population or average income. Racism has many forms, and it is entirely possible for a person, social group, culture, or country to be at peace with one race or situation, but completely intolerant of another. For example, a Caucasian person who has no problem living next to an Asian neighbor could have major objections to a black person marrying into their family. Moreover, because most survey respondents are generally aware that racism is not particularly admired in today's society, the truthfulness and honesty of survey responses can be difficult to verify. As a result of these complications, researchers typically rely upon surveys to collect information about the public consciousness. They then combine multiple questions, surveys, or studies to determine a country's true level of racial tolerance. The World Values Survey is an international research program that studies social, political, economic, religious, and cultural values including racial tolerance and racism. The World Values Survey survey asks respondents from more than 80 countries dozens of questions, including one that asks respondents to identify types of people they would not want as neighbors. The more people of a particular country responded that they would be happy to have a neighbor of a different race, the more racially tolerant the respondents' country would be considered. The annual Best Countries Report, a joint effort of U.S., News and World Report, the BAV Group, and the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania added specific questions about racial tolerance for its 2021 report, which surveyed more than 17,000 people across 78 countries. Out of the 78 countries, I am going to list the 10 worst countries for racial equality from that 2021 report. Coming in at number 10 is the United States of America. The deadly Atlanta spa shooting and attack on an Asian American woman in New York City in March 2021 were only the most recent high-profile attack involving ethnic minority in the United States. 
the deaths of black Americans Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and shooting of Jacob Blake in 2020, all at the hands of white police officers and countless new police shootings since then has triggered ongoing protests in the country and similar demonstrations around the world calling out racial injustice. Coming in at number nine is Ukraine. Surprise, motherfucker. How about that war? In its World Report 2021, Human Rights Watch notes that far-right organizations and individuals have carried out hate attacks against ethnic minorities and LGBT people across Ukraine, with authorities frequently not investigating possible hate crimes. Coming in at number 8 is Israeli. In 2018, the Israeli parliament passed a basic law, a foreigner to a constitution, that characterizes the country as principally a nation-state of the Jewish people and Hebrew as the nation's official language. The law also attributes special status to the Arabic language. The UN report notes that the law has stirred international concern, with many Arabs and Palestinians seeing it as a provocation. Coming in at number 7 is Myanmar, a diverse country with more than 100 recognized ethnic groups. Myanmar has suffered from ethnic violence throughout its history, worsening in 2017 when the military led a crackdown on the Muslim Rohingya population, a continuing action that the international community has labeled genocide. As the International Crisis Group notes, ethnicity and discrimination have been codified into the country's laws to favor the ethnic majority Burmese. Coming in at number 6 is Slovakia. Slovakia's constitution and multiple international laws the country has signed guarantee human rights for all citizens. However, both the U.S., State Department, and the European Roma Rights Center have noted the Romani people face discrimination in education, employment, and housing. The U.S., also notes violence and threats of violence against the country's Roma and other ethnic and racial minorities. Coming in at number 5, the United Arab Emirates. Human rights organizations have for years charged the UAE government with violating a number of human rights, including against women, foreign visitors, and migrant workers, the latter comprising nearly 90% of the country's population. Coming in at number 4, Sri Lanka's. Sri Lanka's constitution guarantees human rights for all of its citizens. However, the country's record on rights has received international criticism from the U.S. and various international rights groups. Coming in at number three is Saudi Arabia. Racial discrimination is illegal in Saudi Arabia, but a U.S. State Department report has alleged cases of discrimination against national, racial, and ethnic minorities, including that country's large number of migrant workers who are given few legal protections. That same U.S., Government report also notes a tolerance campaign by the King Abdulaziz Center for National Dialogue that is seeking to address some of these problems. Coming in at number two is Serbia. Serbia is among the European countries with the largest numbers of registered ethnic minorities. The UN has noted the forced eviction of Roma from informal settlements and the segregation of Roman children in schools. Coming in at number one is Qatar. Qatar is ranked at the bottom of the 2021 Best Countries Ranking for Racial Equality. Like other Middle Eastern countries listed here, Qatar's living and working condition for migrant workers will mount to nearly 90% of the country's population has received heavy international criticism in recent years for being abusive and even deadly. The Guardian reported this year that more than 6,500 migrant workers have died building facilities for the 2022 World Cup since Qatar won the rights to stage the competition. The country has reformed its working visa and minimum wage laws after pressure from rights groups. Are you guys shocked the United States is seen as one of the worst countries for providing racial equality? I think we should go ask Tim Scott what does he think. We already know the answer. Catch you guys on the next one and remember unity is the key. Thank you for listening to the Black Contractors Network. Make sure to like, rate, and review. See you next time. Be safe out there and take care of each other.